Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams. So you can have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen a relationship coach living in Western Colorado. And today, you'll hear a story from my marriage about earned love versus love that's freely given and why keeping score in your marriage also keeps love out of reach. You'll get a challenge about laughter, and I'll introduce a new segment for the podcast and ask for your participation. Are you keeping score? Your marriage is going to lose. What do you keep score about in your marriage? I've cleaned the kitchen the last eight times. You know, we've only had sex three times this month. You go to the gym every day. We eat dinner together once a week if we're lucky. (laughs) Can you relate? Are there topics like this in your marriage where you keep score? Topics like chores or sex or exercise, who's traveling more or spending habits. You know what? Your body is keeping score. Think about a time that maybe you have kept score and notice your body. Do you feel wrung out or exhausted? Do you feel some tightness in your body when you try to remember a time that you've kept score? When I'm keeping score in my marriage, my lips are Pursed. I can feel those tight lips chew on the score, keeping tally marks in the correct column. <laughs> when my husband tidies the kitchen as his coffee brews, I look at the clock. I measure the minutes he wipes the counter and fills the dishwasher. And then I stack up those minutes against my hours. Well, I'm still winning, I think. Except it doesn't feel like winning. And, and it really doesn't feel like a game. I just feel dried out inside, like like my heart is a cactus. What does it feel like from your spouse's point of view when you're keeping score? Well, my husband doesn't see this invisible tally board where I keep score, but he knows he's losing because I'm adept at sending subtle messages. Messages like, uh, the cutting boards get cleaner if you load them over here, I say as I rearrange the dishwasher. Do you see what I did there? I made myself the boss of the dishwasher. Sly of me, right? With a simple move of a cutting board, I establish my expertise, silently signaling he knows nothing because he barely participates in this game of clean the kitchen. So, I win. Except that David had no stake in the game. He mistakes my cutting board power move for love of all things dishes. His takeaway from that encounter is that I care more about dishes than he does, and thus they are my territory. Since he doesn't really care about how spoons and forks are sorted, he surrenders. And tomorrow, while his coffee brews, he'll read a magazine instead. Because obviously, I really love loading the dishwasher, right? (laughs) So the triumph of scorekeeping sucks because now the kitchen is mine. I won it, fair and square. But I still don't feel like a winner. I feel tight. 
My throat, my tongue, even my cheeks are filled with dozens of invisible knots. What I really feel is loss. I'm all knotted up. And because I'm knotted up, I get agitated and then I pick a fight. You know, we're not going to have enough money to pay the Visa card bill because you bought that backpack, you know. I bring up this random purchase in an attempt to assure myself I'm winning when it comes to keeping score. If I can't be a winner in the kitchen, well, I'll prove I'm more responsible financially. Somewhere we got the message that we're only lovable to the degree that we're productive. That's why we want to keep score. But love that's earned doesn't feel nearly as good as love that's given. You crave the given love, and there is no way you can earn your way to that feeling. So when you keep score, you are actually alienating your spouse. By this point, after I've tallied the kitchen and the visa bill, and I've let my husband know that he's the loser, my husband is dizzy with disenfranchisement. He's not inspired to say the words that I crave, words like, Rebecca, my darling, you make my life so wonderful. I am lucky to be married to you. No. Instead, dumbfounded, my husband looks at me, mouth open, but no words emerge. I have triumphed in the scorekeeping game. But I look into my husband's eyes and they're vacant. The hollowness I see is the paralysis that he feels. All this time, he just wants to be my friend. And I enlisted him in this competition that was rigged from the beginning for me to win. The biggest loser in this game? Our marriage. And if you're keeping score, the biggest loser is your marriage. If you're keeping score, your relationship will never win. So instead of invisible scorekeeping in your marriage, make a game overtly. Try this. Announce the game's start time. For the next month, let's see who does the most dishes. Winner takes a week off from dish duty. Or try this. Create a challenge. Let's see how many weeks in a row without missing a week we can do something that resembles a date. Or try to write new rules for your marriage. Could we agree that it's vulnerable to initiate sex? So we want to reward the brave person who initiates by wholeheartedly participating. Not just participating grudgingly, but send a message that you are all in. So why does this making an overt game out of scorekeeping instead of scorekeeping, why does it work? Well, laughter enhances intimacy and play is glue in relationships. Laughter and play ignite your desire and desire unites you and your spouse. If you're a person who naturally keeps score, you can't shame yourself or make yourself let go of keeping score. It doesn't work. Shame feeds the part of you that feels unworthy. So the more shame you rain down on your head, the more likely you are to keep score. Can you see that cycle? We want to break that cycle. And laughter loosens shame. Play 
evens the score immediately. Desire makes you both feel wanted, and desire is what is awakened when you play. We all want to be loved because we exist, not because of the fabulous results we produce. So let laughter into your scorekeeping relationship and watch your compulsion to tally things up disappear. See, stinginess is at the heart of scorekeeping. When you have to earn all the love you get, you feel stingy. Laughter is the antidote to stinginess. If you're laughing, it's impossible to feel stingy. Laughter is the signal that love is free, not earned. If you and your spouse can gently tease away this predilection to prove your worthiness, the tight feeling will loosen. And then instead of keeping score, you can let playfulness and desire awaken you to the pleasure of those differences in your relationship that initially may have upset you and now are making you laugh. How have you turned upset into freedom or play? When has laughter loosened up your relationship? Scorekeeping causes fundamental communication breakdown. I bet it was easy for you to hear the communication breakdown in my marriage today. We are all pros when it comes to someone else's marriage. In this next segment of my podcast, conveniently called Communication Breakdowns, we'll hear from couples who have a communication breakdown and how that breakdown became a breakthrough. But because my podcast is just starting out, I don't have any other couple stories to share right now. Do you have a communication breakdown or breakthrough you'd be willing to share? We all learn from each other. So sharing your story will really help. Send me an email at podcast at habits happilyeverafter.com and tell me what's happening in your relationship. To foster laughter in your relationship then, this week's date night discussion is more of an assignment. Your task should you choose to accept it, is to make your sweetheart laugh. Now, this might be in your wheelhouse, and you, may, you might make your sweetheart laugh all the time. Great. Maybe just double up this week. But if peals of laughter don't easily chime in your vicinity, make a point of laughing yourself. Because laughter is contagious. And What is guaranteed to get you laughing? If you truly struggle to make yourself laugh, click on the Laughing Yogi link in my show notes. I haven't yet met a client who doesn't get laughing with me during this video because laughter is contagious. This week's date night discussion is to make yourself laugh in the presence of your sweetheart. And just as a reminder, this week's habit for your happily ever after is to make the game of keeping score a real game that makes both of you laugh. It needs to feel fun for both of you. And that's what will allow your relationship to win.
That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.